All right, we are live tonight from the Stryker Bible Church on the Crowley Creek Road. And our subject tonight is our last message in the series on eternal life, part five. And the underlying uh, title is Fringe Benefits, the Fringe Benefits of Eternal Life. A lot of people will not take a job unless they know what the fringe benefits are. These are benefits that are granted by an employer to an employee, such as a pension, paid holidays, paid vacations, and health and dental insurance. In other words, it's your payday plus added luxuries given to the worker by the employer, by the employer. God offers an even better plan. It's salvation at no cost to you. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, with the assurance of eternal life at no cost to you. This is called abounding grace. And Paul writes about that in Romans chapter number five. Romans chapter number five. And we want to read verse 20 and 21. Abounding grace. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. When a person is confident of their salvation, they can live their life without a fret or worry about their eternal state. For example, in 1937, the Golden Gate Bridge was constructed. Its cost was $77 million. During the construction of Section 1, there were a few safety devices, and 23 men died. In the second uh, section of the construction of the Golden Gate Bridge, a $100,000 safety net was purchased for the protection of, of the workers. It resulted in 10 men's lives being saved and work going forward 25% faster rate. Let us turn to Jude chapter one, only one, and see what God says about his, his assurance. His fringe benefits. Jude, verse 24 and 25. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, to be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. So what we would like to do tonight is look at the seven fringe benefits of having 
eternal life. Seven fringe benefits of having eternal life. The first one is called election. Election. That is, God has with no requirements nor payments due chosen sinners to be saved. He has elected you to be saved. Turn with me to some to some supporting verses on this election, and we'll turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1 and verse number 4. Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. You have been elected by God to be saved. He wants everyone to be saved. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. So he chose us to be saved even before the world was created. Back to Paul's writing, 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2 and verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. And then 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9, 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9, God is not slack concerning his promises, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we see God has elected all to be saved, and he doesn't want any to perish. Uh, Paul says to his preacher boy in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of truth. So one of the fringe benefits of having eternal life and being saved is that God has elected us to have eternal life. Secondly, God has given us peace. Peace. Prior to our salvation, sinners were called enemies or aliens of God. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2 and 3, In which times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the sons of of disobedience, among whom also we had our former manner of life in times past, and the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And so we see prior to salvation, we were the children of wrath. Notice uh, verse 12 of Ephesians 2. At that time, you were without Christ, being aliens 
from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in this world. And so it took Jesus to negotiate or mediate between sinful man and holy God to bring peace to the sinner. We find Paul telling us about this peace in Romans chapter number 5 and verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We also know that Paul told the church at Corinth or at Colossae that they had peace through the cross of Christ. Chapter 1 and verse 20. And having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say whether it be things in earth or things in heaven. And so we see that Jesus Christ brought peace between God and between sinful man by dying in our place on the cross. And the old prophet Isaiah emphasizes this in chapter 53 and verse 5. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. So the fringe benefits of being saved is we have been elected. We have peace with God because of the Lord Jesus Christ's sacrifice. Thirdly, we have been adopted into the family of God. And uh, <clears throat> Paul says in Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 5, Chapter 4, verse 5. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart, crying, Abba, personal Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God. Through Christ. And so the word heir means same with. So we are the same with Christ as Christ is with his Father. We are, we are together. We are heirs. First John chapter 3 and verse number 1 says... Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the children of God, and it doth not appear yet what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And so we have been adopted into the family of God and we are joint heirs with Christ. 
So we have been elected. We have we have peace with God. We have been adopted into the family of God. And now we, because we are part of the family of God, we have the assurance of our prayers being answered. Just like most of you who have a uh, earthly father, you could probably talk to your father and ask him about anything. The same is true about the heavenly father, except this fact, he is available 24-7. And so we see in uh, 1 John 3 and verse 22, and whatever you ask, we receive of him because... We keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. Chapter 5 of 1 John and verses 14 and 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have the petitions that we desire of him. Now, I don't want it to sound like that, that prayer is like a, a genie in a lamp. You rub it and you get whatever you ask. There are prerequisites for uh, answered prayer. And we must, number one, confess our sin. Number two, we cannot be holding grudges against people. Uh, number three, we must be consistent in our fellowship with God. And number four, we cannot ask for ourselves, selfish things. We've got to, we've got to say it's in your will. Uh, if it's in your will, it'll be done. So we can, we can have the assurance if we have been saved, we have eternal life, and one of the fringe benefits of eternal life is having the, the privilege of being able to pray to God and having our prayers answered. Fifth, fifthly, we see the uh, assistance in affliction. We have God there with us, knowing that God is with us in good times and in bad. He is constantly there. Turn with me to the Psalms. Chapter number 73 and verse number 25. Psalm 73:25. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. My flesh and my heart fails, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And if you'll turn to 2 Corinthians, Paul says in chapter 4 and verses 8 and 9, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Now look in verse 17 and 18 of 2 Corinthians 4. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, 
while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so because we have eternal life, we know that Christ is with us every moment of every day, whether in good circumstances or in bad circumstances, he is with us. And then, of course, uh, in death, the assurance that in death Christ is with us. And what greater time we need we need God than when someone precious to us passes. And 2 Timothy, Paul writes to his preacher boy in chapter number 1, verse 12, For which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Boy, isn't that a wonderful verse. I know, I know who I have believed. And he is able to keep that that I've committed. What have I committed to him? I committed to him my soul. He's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. That is the day of judgment. And then, of course, uh, one of the most familiar verses in all the scriptures, Psalms chapter 23, verse 4, yea, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And so we have that blessed assurance that if we pass or someone passes, that God is with them and God is with us during that time. Turning to uh, his writings in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them who are asleep, those who are Christians. He says, I'm, don't be ignorant about them. Don't, don't, don't be puzzled about where they are. Because he says that you sorrow not, even as others who have no hope. Don't, don't, don't be sad for those who die in Christ, for they are with the Father. It's those who are not with him that we should sorrow after. Verse 18 says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And finally, we have the fringe benefit of the glorious future that we're going to have with Jesus. Because Jesus resurrected from the dead, we also know that our bodies will someday be resurrected to join our soul in the air and be ever with the Lord in body and soul, that perfect glorified body that Jesus had when he came out of the tomb on Easter morning. Chapter number 19 of the book of John at verse 26, 1926. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and his disciples standing by, whom he loved, he said unto his mother, Behold thy son. And so we see uh, that Jesus uh, resurrected from the dead. Uh, and we see that, that uh, in chapter 20, that the uh, angel gave, uh, gave the women uh, assurance 
Verse 16, Jesus said uh, after they had left the garden to Mary that it was he and, and, and they had the blessed assurance that Christ had risen from the dead. Now you and I have the writings of the Apostle Paul that gives us that assurance in uh, Philippians chapter number 3. Here's what he says about this glorious future that you and I have because of our everlasting life, our eternal, our eternal salvation. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our, our lowly bodies, that it may be fashioned like his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to subdue all things, unto himself. And so we have that assurance of heaven, that assurance of our bodies not remaining in the grave, our assur the assurance that we will see him someday as he is, as we read uh, 1 John chapter number 3 again and verse 2. Beloved, now are we the children of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we, when he shall appear, we shall be like him. And we shall see him as he is. We shall be like him in a glorified body, and we will forever be with him, that glorious future, John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And so it is a great thing to know that you're eternally saved, that you have eternal life because you have these seven fringe benefits. You have the election of yourself. God has chosen you to be saved. We have peace with God. We've been adopted into the family of God. We have our prayers answered. We have the assurance that when we are in afflictions or problems that he's with us. We have the assurance that when we die or someone dies that is a Christian, that they are with the Lord. And finally, we have that glorious future that we all are looking forward to as we celebrate eternal life.